Welcome to Tea, Toast, and Theology. You know, when I saw these readings for today, uh, I said to myself, you know, I am not the one who pick readings for which day, right? They are set already in, in, in the calendar, and it so happens that today is our annual meeting. And I think that the, the readings could not speak more clearly to us as they do today for where we are in the life of our community. The, the thing that I want to focus on is, is Micah. It says, Lord has a con- controversy with his people. Lord has a controversy with his people. My friends, what is this controversy that Lord has with his people? In the Bible study yesterday, uh, you know, we, we were having this conversation, and, and one comment that I made was that um, you cannot really understand Christian theology, or you cannot really do Christian theology, uh, if you uh, really do not spend a whole lot of time understanding the first 11 chapters of Genesis. Everything goes back to those first 11 chapters, and more so, the first three chapters of Genesis. All of Christian ideas, somehow or the other, find their place there. Okay, so what do I mean by that in the context of the reading from Micah today? You see, uh, in Micah, it has this uh, line which we like to refer to a lot. Uh, Remember this love, kindness, and walk humbly with your God? We love that. It evokes that nice feeling in us, and we say, oh, yes, that's what I want to be. Love, kindness, and walk humbly. So what is this walk humbly all about? You see, the design from God was that God wanted us, us meaning Adam and Eve, to actually live with God in that beautiful garden. And what was the idea? Live with me and walk with me. Take a stroll with me, right? Every once in a while, take a stroll with me, right? Walk with me. And what did Adam and Eve do? They decided, no, we are going to question this whole idea of God. We are actually going to say, no, we want to know more. And we are going to allow ourselves uh, the use of our brains. And there's nothing wrong with it. God made it. God wants you to use it. That's why God made it, right? (laughs) So, but they said, we want to question this whole idea of God. And and they found a, a great encourager also, who encouraged them to do this. And the result was that they ended up losing that privilege of walking with God in that garden. Right? 
And since then, the story of the Christian faith is over and over and over again, God challenges us. That's the controversy. The controversy is that God is challenging us. God is saying, look, did I not offer you a good deal with the Garden of Eden? Was that a bad deal? What happened? You didn't want it. Okay, let's try again. Okay, and through that history, God says, against all odds, I will take you out of slavery. And I will put you in the promised land, the land of milk and honey. Is that a bad deal? What do you think? Is that, is that a bad deal? The restoration? Yeah? What do you think? Come on. What do you think? Is that a bad deal? No? <laughs> right? And what do human beings do? They don't, they don't like that, right? They have all kinds of things. And then God keeps sending prophet after prophet after prophet to do what? To say, look, I love you. It's like holding somebody and going like this. I love you. <laughs> right? I love you. Why don't you get it? I love you. And my love for you means what? That I want you next to me. I want you to understand why I created this world. And I want you to make it that. And it's not only a call on certain people. It's a call on each and every one of us. If you believe in God, that's a call on you. Right? God is calling each and every one of us to that calling. To do that. To recreate that place where we can be with that God. Did you notice that I took a portion of that verse? Because that verse... That clause doesn't begin with to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. What does it begin with? Exactly. It starts with to do justice. You see, to be in the presence of God, to enjoy that walk with God, is to live in a place of justice. And you can't have justice without truth. You just cannot. Right? You have to acknowledge that truth. So that is the controversy that God has. Not only with the people back then. That's the controversy that God has with us today. God wants us to know that God loves us. And that love means come and be a part of a community where there is justice meaning there is truth, meaning there is that loving kindness, meaning that there is a possibility to spend time walking with God. Come and be a part of that. My wife, for the last few years, has been saying this saying, I don't know who it belongs to. Uh, <clears throat> you can Google it, and I'm sure you will find... Uh, exactly who said it first. But uh, there's a saying uh, that 
oh, what a web we weave when we when we practice to deceive. Oh, what a web we weave when we practice to deceive. You see, that's the story of humankind. That when we lose that place with God, instead of saying, oops, sorry, what do we do? We try to come up with a, another better lie to cover up that one. And then another better lie to cover up that one. And, to web, and before you know, my friends, that beautiful web starts getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Oh, what a web we weave when we practice to deceive. You see? And what is the work of those who are called? And this is, this is where Paul is being very straightforward. The work of those who's, who, are, who have been called, which is all of us right here, is not something that requires great wisdom. We don't need to sit there and analyze exactly how this web is weaved. Right? So if you were doing a cleanup, a fall cleanup, or a spring cleanup, I don't know, I think fall is more appropriate for this analogy. And, and you, they, you, you find a web there. What do you do? Do you sit there and analyze the web and say, if I just break this link over there, and then what will happen? Uh, maybe the web will just collapse. Or maybe uh, somehow, you know, I don't know, you could do a thermodynamic analysis of it. I don't know, right? You could sit there and make all these analysis. Paul is saying, dude, nobody's looking for your wisdom here. Pick up the broom and clean that web. You don't need that wisdom. You don't need anything else. All you need is the desire to make sure you have a clean surrounding. That's all. And for that reason, Paul says, all of you were not Aristotle's, or, right? You were not Socrates, right? God chose you, simple people. Because the task is extremely simple. It doesn't require a whole lot of complicated theology. All what it requires is to know that when you see a web, you need to clean it. That's all what it takes. But Paul is no fool himself. Because Paul would say to us and said to us over and over again, that the problem is not that there is a web and we can pick up a broom and clean it. The problem is, what? Whether I like it or not, I myself am a spider. Because I am the one. Meaning every one of us has these webs growing out of us. Right? 
The problem is not that you can just clean it and it'll, it'll be gone. The problem, he talks about it that, you know, the spirit is willing, willing, but the flesh is weak. I try really hard. I try really hard. But my flesh keeps producing these webs. <laughs> my heart is in the right place. I know what it is. To, I know what the right thing to do is. But I keep producing these webs. And he says there is only one solution to that. You know what his solution is? A complete dying in Christ and being raised in Christ. A new birth in Christ. A new life in Christ where we are no longer those spiders but maybe beautiful butterflies. he says, is what we are longing for. That is what we need to be. Now, here's the thing, my friends. God is not deceitful. God doesn't ask us to pick up the broom and clean it and tell us, Go, 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 go clean it, go clean it. You, you, you'll be doing really a good job and everything will be great and I will bless you with everything. Guess what? God never ever says that. You know what God says? Go and clean that up. And guess what? When you start cleaning it up, what will happen? You will face persecution. <laughs> That's what you will face. Don't expect. Why? Because all the prophets before you have done that, and they have all, why? Why, why, why? Because we like our webs. (laughs) We love them. We create them to secure ourselves. You see? And God says to us, look, I understand that. And yet, blessed are those who can pick up the mop, knowing full well that that action of theirs is going to cost them. Blessed are those. That's what it means. Blessed are those who get persecuted for my name's sake. Blessed are those. So my friends, blessed are you. It says, blessed are you. Blessed are you. Now, in this day and age, I have to share with you, yesterday there was a funeral here of someone who was a member of this parish in the 70s and 80s. And, um, you know, the family is, 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 some of the family is in uh, Shelton, but most of it is in, in other states. And, and you know, we, we do quite a few of those uh, funerals here now. And um, <clears throat> so there was this funeral, and there was this young man. He had a daughter who was 10 days old. Okay? And so that daughter was a great-grandchild of the deceased. Right, and uh, 
and they came all the way from Virginia, and he was he was from Virginia. I think he was in his uh, early thirties. If I um, I didn't ask him for his age, but that's what I think he was in. And uh, and he got up to do one of the readings. I encouraged the family to be part of the service. So so he got up to do a reading. And so he did the reading from the paper we had given him. So he did the reading, and then he put it aside, and then he came out of the lectern, and he took his uh, phone, and he started reading a scripture after scripture after scripture, and he gave a nice sermon. And I was sitting there, and this was the very first reading. I was like, wow. We have two more readings to go, and then there's the gospel, and then there's my homily. And uh, how many sermons are we going to have today? But that is great, right? And, and, and I have to tell you, I was so happy to hear that young man proclaim the gospel. And his sort of bottom line was that those who believe are saved are given the hope of the communion of saints. That is, he will be with his grandmother. And that is in faith. And so in in that whole uh, uh, preaching of his, and he had quite a few uh, uh, biblical quotes to back up his position. And and one of the things that he uh, kept saying almost as a refrain was, the Bible says, and then he would read that, the Bible says, the Bible says, and uh, after the funeral service, I really commended him for his faith, first of all. Um, asked him, uh, which church do you go to? Now, I want you all to take a wild guess and tell me, which church do you think he went to? Thank you, Chris. He does not go to church. He does not go to church. And I said, okay. And he said, some of us friends, we all come together. And we read the scripture, we pray. And then we go knocking on doors and tell people about Jesus. And I told him, I said, you have refreshed me today. Thank you for what you are doing. And I left also saddened. Why does this young man and his friends feel that they cannot go to a church? Why? Do they feel that they cannot go to a church? You see, Micah says, God is saying, I don't need your ceremonies. I don't need your burnt offerings. I don't need for you to dress up like a Christmas tree. I don't need that. I don't need any of this. What I need from you is, 
Are you doing justice? Are you willing to give your life in ways that yes, you will be persecuted for it? Are you doing that? Because that is what God is looking for from us. Do you have the courage to knock on doors and tell people about Jesus? And not just go around telling people about Jesus, but to actually live the life worthy of that name. Because blessed are those who are doing that. Blessed are those who are doing that. My friends, that is the world that we are in. That is the world that God has called us to. God doesn't call us. The meaning of a loving God is not to look at our web and say, I love this web. It's so beautiful. It's such a masterpiece. Who created that? I want you to actually frame that web and share it with the world. Loving God isn't asking us to do that. A loving God is first asking us to look into ourselves and say, are we ready to be transformed from a spider into something beautiful like a butterfly? Are we ready for a new birth? For if we are, the assurance is there. Blessed are you. May the Lord our God give us the capacity, the strength, the courage, the commitment to a new, transformed life. Amen.